All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today we are talking about whether or not the Falcons will redeem themselves from Super Bowl 51 in the 28-3 loss and whether Falcons head coach Arthur Smith is going to be the one to do. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at FalcFans.com. RIP still going strong on Twitter, at FalcFans. And, of course, the host of this illustrious Lockdown Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's Lockdown Falcons podcast is brought to you by Get Upside. You can download the Get Upside app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents back per gallon in cash back on your first tank. So, guys, I want to thank you for making Lockdown Falcons your first listen each and every day. Of course, Lockdown Falcons is free and available on a variety of podcast platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Google, and Spotify. And, of course, now on YouTube. Make sure you leave a comment. Make sure you give us that like when you subscribe to the Lockdown Falcons YouTube channel. So today's episode goes back to a question a listener sent in, or not really a question, more of a comment that uh, someone sent in last month about not being over the Super Bowl. And we'll just sort of give my thoughts on that and sort of going back five years now that has been removed since the Falcons lost Super Bowl 51 and sort of then pivoting to sort of what's going on with this current team and whether or not they can sort of redeem that Super Bowl loss. So let's get into that question from M. Flores 8579 He says, maybe I care more about this football team than I should because I'm still in pain over that embarrassing Super Bowl loss. I don't think I'll ever truly be over it until we win a Super Bowl, and I don't see that happening anytime soon. Thanks for listening, brother. Yeah, M. Flores, it is tough, right? You know, and I I talked about, you know, still the lingering effects of that Super Bowl like two years ago when the 49ers and Shanahan were back in the Super Bowl on the podcast. But now that we're kind of a, a few more years removed from it, and now five years, let's let's continue talking about it. And, you know, I've, I've constantly referred to it as sort of uh, the ongoing psychological and emotional trauma that we all collectively as Falcon fans underwent uh, on that horrible evening in February of 2017. And, you know, to varying degrees, depending on the individual, you know, each person has moved past it to varying degrees. But I don't think any of us are fully 100 percent past it. Uh, really, as you say, until the Falcons kind of redeem themselves and, and get back to a Super Bowl and ultimately win a Super Bowl. And a um, problem, of course, is that we all sort of sit here with, and wait with bated breath un, and, until that day arrives. Uh, and, you know, it feels like similar to as you, you sent this in, you know, like two, three weeks ago, it kind of does feel like uh, we're as far away from that point than we've been in the last five years. But we'll, we'll circle back to that topic a little bit later. And, you know, I I feel like for the most part, I've made peace with the idea that the Falcons may not get back to the Super Bowl anytime soon. And that was a mindset that I kind of adopted in the weeks and months after that Super Bowl loss back in 2017. And it really boils down to kind of a dichotomy between, you know, the fan in me and the analyst in me. And the analyst in me kind of knows that the odds 
um, are, are not in this team's favor to get back to a point where they were in the second half of that, that game with a 99% win probability, uh, the chances of them being back in, in a even better position and being a hundred percent win probability just is, is not low, but the fan of me still looks at those low chances and those low odds or whatever and says, you know what, but it's not zero. And so it's, it's kind of the old dumb and dumber thing where it's like, you know, so you're telling me there's a chance. Like that's kind of how the fan, the fan always hope springs eternal. And, you know, I know most of you guys that listen to the podcast know that when, you know, that those two warring sides in me, uh, the analysts more often than not on the podcast wins out. Right. And I've learned over the years to trust the analyst a little bit more than the fan in me because the fan in me is just is ridiculous. <laughs> but, you know, I think when you look at the situation, going back to that team and, and the thing that tried I tried to process in, in the weeks and months after that Super Bowl loss was like understanding that Kyle Shanahan's presence and, and the fact that he wasn't going to be there after that year was instrumental in that team. Um making it as far as they did and understanding at least, and I've said this before on the podcast where it felt like if not for Kyle Shanahan's play calling, that was probably a, a an eight and 18, like without a, or, you know, whether you want to attribute that to Kyle Shanahan, which I do, but, you know, without a historically great offense, let's say that um, that was probably at best in eight and 18 in that 2016 season. And we know that while we were capable of, of achieving an offense that could still be a, a top 10 potential offense, um, you know, that unit in, in 2016 was like a 99th percentile unit because like they still rank in the top 10 of all offenses in NFL history and points scored. And I looked at the DVOA rankings and to see where they rank there all time and DVOA metrics go back almost 40 years to 1983 at Football Outsiders, and that 2016 offense is 35th in offensive DVOA. And that, you know, given 40 years of data, that puts that offense in the 97th percentile. And so when we we were coming off of that 2016 season with the new offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian, and I remember getting into many an argument with, with fans um, over the that off season, where that they had this belief that because we had the same playbook and the same talent, that we could get right back to that. And while I thought that the offense could be good, and we talked about it um, that season, and talking about like the potential regression that they would show if they had a quote unquote normal amount of re- regression that most of those historic offenses had, they'd still probably be a top three to five offense in 2017. So it wasn't as if the team was incapable of achieving at a high level, um, but you kind of needed the defense to kind of pick up some of the slack. And based off of where they had left off in that 2016 season down the stretch and how well they had played, it felt like the defense was on the rise. And we did see the defense improve in 2017. Unfortunately, the offense uh, regressed a whole lot more than when we thought it did. But, you know, that led to us going into 2018 and everybody being very hyped about the defense. Now, I personally wasn't part of that group because I saw the losses of pass rushers like Adrian Claiborne and Don Terry Poe that all season and felt like the defense wasn't going to make the strides that we needed it to make because the pass rush was not going to necessarily be as good. Cause I, you know, the, the fan of me was hopeful that Grady Jarrett and Vic Beasley and, and Tack McKinley were going to make these big leaps to fill that void. But the analyst in me knew or suspected uh, at least that they probably weren't going to do that. 
But we saw the defense take a step back in that 2018 season. We saw the offense take a step forward in that 2018 season under Sark. But the team ultimately chose to fire Steve Sarkeesian. And I agreed with the decision at the time because while I thought Sark was perfectly capable of producing a top 10 offense as he did in 2018, I think they were eighth in DVOA that year. Um, you know, he always gonna was going to leave a little bit wanting because as we saw throughout those two years, whenever the Falcons faced a formidable defense, it always felt like this offense really, really struggled in, in those types of games. And when we're talking about redeeming the team, you're going to face some really good defenses come January in the postseason. And if you're always going to be let down by that, you know, you, there's a lot of room for improvement uh, in terms of what you can do offensively from a play calling standpoint. And then the Falcons hired their cutter. And it was kind of then where I was like, oh, this is not going the way that we hoped. And the analyst in me knew that that was a bad hire. The fan in me was still hopeful, though, that, you know, the defense could pick up the slack. But we saw that offseason, the team doubled down on Vic Beasley. They botched their free agent signings on the offensive line. They failed to address the pass rush really at all that entire offseason. And it kind of felt like, okay, this is going to, there's no going to be no redemption. Uh, moving forward. Again, the fan still is hopeful. The fan is still hopeful that you can, this team, despite not feeling like they're going to redeem the Super Bowl, could at least still be a playoff contending team. And, and, you know, that would buy them time to figure things out. But after, you know, the 2019 season, you kind of knew, okay, this is done. And 2020 bringing Dan Quinn and that regime back for another year was just essentially delaying the inevitable. And we saw that all ultimately play out. And then ultimately the Falcons hire Arthur Smith and you're sitting there getting back to being hopeful again, that he's going to be the guy that's going to bring that offensive mojo back. And Dean Pease is going to be the guy that can help rebuild the defense. And it's going to take some time to do that, but ultimately they'll get this team and this team back on track. Um, And while, you know, it's not going to be an immediate fix, you're just hoping that, okay, the 2021 Falcons can kind of pick up where that 2018 team should have left off in, you know, and, and be back in the postseason mix. Um, but we didn't see things go quite so smoothly this past year. And we'll get more into that as we continue today's Locked On Falcons podcast. But before we get there, guys, I want to, again, thank you for making Locked On Falcons your first listen each and every day. And I always have recommendations for what your second listen should be. And of course, why not check out any of the local shows, uh, particularly the Locked on Hawks podcast, where you can get the lowdown on all the Atlanta Hawks. Get Brad Roland, the host of Locked on Hawks, thoughts on all the big trade deadline moves around the NBA and how that affects the Hawks by checking out and subscribing to Locked on Hawks on your preferred podcast platform. So uh, today's episode is brought to you by a new app called Get Upside, where you can get cash back on every gallon of gas that you put in your car and save every time you fill up. And I know for those of you that are always stuck in bumper to bumper traffic down in Atlanta, uh, you are always burning through gas and you're looking for ways to get cash back at the pump. And there's no catch. It's all free. All you got to do is download Get Upside in the App Store or on Google Play. You go to any of the thousands of eligible gas stations near you. You claim their offer. You fill up and they put money directly into your account. And you can cash out anytime with direct payments into your bank account. You can use PayPal. You can get them on gift cards. I like to get mine on Amazon gift cards. And now when you open an account, on get upside and use our special promo code touchdown you get a bonus 25 cents back per gallon on your first fill up so don't pay full price at the pump anymore download the free get upside app and use the promo code touchdown when you sign up that's get upside promo code touchdown to start saving every time you fill up 
So there's one football game left to be played this year, and then we have several months without football to be played. And if you're looking to get in on this final football action, you know the uh, L.A. Rams are favored over the Cincinnati Bengals by four points. Maybe you feel better about the over and under that this is going to be a shootout or a defensive contest, and you're looking at that over or under a 48.5 points as uh, uh, something to wager on. And, of course, BetOnline is the best spot for wagering uh, on sports uh, whether they've been covering you all season long with the best odds, props, and lines, and they still have more to come. Even though football season is over, Better Line is still a great place for up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, all the way to your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers available at Better Line for the 2022 calendar year by heading to betonline.net, betonline, where the game starts. So year one of Arthur Smith's tenure didn't quite go as hoped. The analyst in me is uh, very, let's say very, very skeptical at this point in time, but the fan in me still remains somewhat hopeful. But, you know, going down that DVOA rabbit hole, I noticed that the 2021 Falcons offense, historically speaking for the Falcons going back to 1983, was the third worst offense the Falcons have ever had, according to DVOA. Even worse, slightly worse than that 2007 unit. And I noticed, along with that 2007 unit being the fourth worst, that the other two worst offenses than this 2021 one was the 2000 and 1987 uh, offenses. And I noticed a trend with that, because after those terrible years, the Falcons made a change at quarterback. In 1987, they used their number one pick on Chris Miller. That 87 season was a sort of strike season where there were replacement players and the Falcons went through a bunch of quarterbacks that year and ultimately turned the keys over to Chris Miller at the end of that 87 season. And then in 1988, he was a full-time starter. Um, Then in 2000, of course, that was a pretty rough year. Has a lot of parallels to this 2021 season with an aging quarterback, a bad offense, bad offensive line, bad defense, et cetera. Uh, But the fiery next year, they went out and got Michael Vick. And then, of course, the 2007 season, that was a disaster. They went out and got Matt Ryan the very next year. And I, again, I know everybody who's, you know, involved in the ongoing Matt Ryan Civil War is losing their minds right now with me saying that. But, you know, I continue to make this point and I've been making this point for over a year. You know, this is not really about what I want to happen. This is not about what I think should happen. But the analyst in me is just talking to you about what will happen. I think what will happen is you're going to see this team invest in a quarterback, right? And I've been saying this for over a year, that there's consequences and repercussions for teams losing. You know, coaches get fired, GMs get fired, and yes, players get fired, and that can include quarterbacks. And I feel like this is the reality of the situation. And I've been basically saying this, that unless the Falcons can show significant improvement in 2022 from where they were in 2021, you know, there's going to be consequences and repercussions, and and that may include moving on from Matt Ryan and probably will include moving on from Matt Ryan. And I don't have as much of willingness, the analyst in me, I guess you could say, of trying to put a positive spin on the 2021 season, despite the team winning seven games, and however you want to spin that, you know, despite the talent, despite whatever the case may be. You know, I I look at this past season as, you know, a a bad team, or at least, yeah, a bad team winning a bunch of close games against other bad teams. And while that's not meaningless, you know, I can't put too much stock in that and say that's a positive trend Uh, because the analyst in me knows that, you know, a team's record in one score games does not typically hold up year to year. 
Now, it did for Mike Smith for the first five years of his tenure in Atlanta, um, but then it didn't, and then he got fired. And you look at recent years where, you know, you go back to the 12 teams that had a winning record, right? You know, on average, you're going to, you know, win as many games and lose as many games in one-score games as you would. You'll go 500, right? So if you look at the 12 teams uh, in 2020 that had a winning record in one-score games, only five of them had a winning record again in 2021. You look at the 13 teams that had a winning record in one-score games in 2019, only six of them had it in 2020. So it seems like at best you're looking at a coin toss situation where the Falcons, who had a winning record in um, 2021, one of 11 teams that had a winning record in one-score games, it's a, basically a coin toss whether they're going to continue and sustain that into 2022. And when you factor in that they have currently, based off of last year's records, the ninth hardest schedule, and then you look at, you know, there's six other teams that had winning records in one-score ball games that also have like, you know, one of the 10 to 12 hardest schedules in the league next year. It kind of feels like the Falcons are a pretty good bet to be in that half that may will have struggles uh, to, to sustain that one score success as they did a year ago. So again, the analyst in me doesn't sit here and say there's no chance of that happening, but it knows that the odds are not necessarily stacked in the Falcons favor. Um, and I think that really does put a lot of pressure on this current regime to get things right. Not only this season, but obviously this, this offseason, all these things are very important. And, you know, part of my issue is I think a lot of fans has this mindset that this current regime has a long runway to get things back on track. And I just don't think the timeline really works out in that regard. And we'll explain that further as we continue today's Locked On Falcons podcast. But before we get there, guys, I do want to remind you that, you know, Super Week brought to you by Bet, by, um, sorry, Get Upside. Uh, it has uh, all week long on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We've had you covered all week long uh, for this big game this weekend, whether that's Lockdown Rams and Lockdown Bengals, being in L.A. covering the game, Lockdown NFL, etc. So make sure you subscribe to those podcasts on your preferred podcast platforms, including on YouTube. So we know a new year begins and everybody has New Year's resolutions. But now that we're in the month of February, most people have given up on their New Year's resolutions. And that's a shame if your New Year's resolution was to eat healthier, uh, because you probably could have sustained it longer if you had made Built Bar part of your plan. So why not make Built Bar the best tasting protein bar that tastes like a candy bar part of your plan moving forward? Uh, you know, eating healthy can be tough because it's kind of boring, but Built Bar allows you to stick to your resolution because it tastes good and you'll want to eat it too because it's good for you. Built Bars are low in sugar, calories, and carbs, but they're high in protein and fiber. They come in a variety of diff delicious flavors. You know that when you're eating on a diet, you're eating kind of the same boring old foods every single day, but Built Bar brings that variety with delicious flavors like coconut brownie chunk, eggnog, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, and so much more. So head on over to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you can get 15% off your order. That's LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So, you know, I, I talk to fans a lot and I think we all are mostly in agreement that, you know, this process to get the Falcons back to, you know, uh, respectability is going to take a couple of years. Um, and I think they believe that, you know, Terry and him, you know, Terry and Arthur, you know, have this plan and, you know, just give them time, just give them, you know, three or more years to get everything in a place and we'll come out looking good. And, and that's perfectly a fine opinion 
to to believe that, but I just have a hard time believing that Terry and them are going to get that type of runway. And, you know, longtime listeners know I was openly skeptical last offseason whether this regime had a real plan in place or that they were just kind of making it up as they go. And we'll, we'll sort of see uh, where I feel about that, you know, three, four months from now, if, if I change my opinion on that. But, you know, I still have that question and we're going to find out this offseason. Um, but, you know, I just have a hard time buying this notion that Arthur Blank is going to have this patience with this new regime and watch them struggle for, you know, potentially two or more years and still feel like, okay, we're going to keep them in place because they have this long-term plan. And, you know, let's imagine a scenario where the Falcons, and I think it's a likely scenario, where the Falcons draft a quarterback on day two this year. You know, I, I think really the only situation where Matt Ryan is able to retain his job beyond the season is if the team has a successful year, Matt Ryan has a successful year. And again, what those benchmarks are, you know, is depending on a variety of factors and it's hard to sort of put a, a hard number on, but let's just say, you know, I think you got to see Matt Ryan, you know, perform like a top 12 ish quarterback. You probably have to see this team uh, perform, you know, at least improve their record uh, this upcoming season to get at least to eight, nine, and I'll admit that, like, if they can get to 8-9 with this much tougher schedule, then that, to me, is a lot worthy of praise. You know, that outcome is a lot more worthy of praise in 2022 than a lot of the praise that I think this regime has gotten in, in 2021 um, for, you know, what to me is a, a pretty ho-hum at best season. But it's hard for me, and I've been saying this, again, that this is not – Aaron thinking that this he wants this to happen. Aaron wants the team, right? You know, I'm going to talk in third person. But, you know, I want the team to be successful. But if they're not successful, like, I just can't see a scenario where they continue to trot out an aging and expensive Matt Ryan and feel like, oh, things are headed in the right direction. And, again, it, it, like, people perceive this as, like, I have some personal beef with Matt Ryan. It's not a personal beef with Matt Ryan. But I just know, again, the analyst in me knows how the, the league operates. Like teams just do not pay premiums for quarterbacks to be bad football teams. Like you see that look, look at the Rams and the Bengals, right? You know, after years of mediocrity with Andy Dalton, they moved on to Joe Burrow after years of me, you know, media or not too much mediocre with the Rams, but like, you know, of basically not being a Super Bowl team, which is their aspirations. They moved on from Jared Goff to get Matt Stafford, right? The 49ers went six and 10 and then drafted Trey Lance. Um, the Vikings are going through the same situation with Matt Ryan as with Kirk Cousins right now is like, is this the year to move on for Kirk Cousins? Can they salvage this Kirk Cousins situation with a new head coach and Kevin O'Connell? Right. And it's like, you got one year left on Kirk Cousins contract or whatever the case may be. And that's about it. Like you got one shot, one bite at this apple and the Falcons might have two. If you count 2021 and 2022, but that's going to be it. If they, if they can't figure it out in, the, in those two chances, then they're moving on guys. And so like, I can't sit here. The analyst and me can't sit here and, and pretend that like it's all good. Like you know, we can just continue to be mediocre and bad, and we just need to continue to to run trot out the same formula every single year. And it's gonna just we just need more time, right? Time is a luxury in this league, and it's a luxury that only teams that win can afford. And, and until the Falcons start winning, you know they're, they're going to be in poverty, so to speak. So I, I think this new regime has to start getting positive results whether that's putting more wins in the win column, whether that's putting more points on the scoreboard, we have to see those results sooner versus later. And when we talk about DBOA, you know, I went and looked at this 2021 offense and, and, and 
not just looking at DVOA, looking at how many points they scored and measured that against the league average, right? And this offense in 2021, you know, was 20% worse in terms of points output this year than the league average was this year. And if you go back uh, 40 years, again, that's one of the worst marks, one of the four or five worst marks that the Falcons offense has been in 40 or so years. And when you look at that drop-off from 2020 to this 2021 unit, you know, the 2020 offense was basically league average, right? I think they were like 0.6 points off of the league average. And so, like, when you look at that drop-off from 2020 to 2021, it's one of the bigger drop-offs you've seen from this Falcon team in a while. Like, that's a 20% drop, essentially. And you find, in order to find comparable drop-offs going back the last, you know, few decades, you know, you see the 2012 to 2013 drop-off, which was about 21%. The 2002 to 03 drop off, which was about 26%, and the 98 to 99 drop off, which was about 44%. And guess what happened in each one of those follow up years? The Falcons lost their best players to injuries, right? In 2013, that was mostly Julio and, and Roddy. 03, that was Michael Vick. And 99, that was Jamal Anderson. And like w- when I see people sit here and talk about this, like uh, saying, like, oh, the Falcons won the Julio Jones trade, I, I just look at this information. I'm like, how? How? Do people figure that where the Falcons just had this historic drop off in large part due to losing Julio Jones and, and Calvin Ridley? And I'm, I'm baffled by how people can sit here and say with a straight face that acting like losing those guys and getting draft capital for them is a good move. Right? When the results in the field are telling you that, you know, that, that second round pick or, or whatever we wind up getting, uh, you know, for Julio Jones this year and or Calvin Ridley this year, it, it, since it seems like we're we're headed in that direction. Like, unless that player comes in and, and can single-handedly make up the difference, um, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm being hyperbolic when I say that, but, like, unless that player can make that type of impact, like, how are we sitting here saying that we we won these trades, right? And, you know, kudos to Arthur Blank sitting here, you know, doing a great job with public relations by, you know, talking recently about, you know, Calvin Ridley and his situation and, and saying, like, oh, we, we've given – Calvin, all the support that he needs, and we'd love to have him back, but it's really on him. And so he he's put the ball in his court, and, and that's a great way of winning the PR battle in terms of that. So if Calvin really ultimately gets traded, he'd be like, oh, well, we tried everything we could to keep him, and, you know, it, it, it's his fault or whatever the case may be. So kudos to Arthur Blake. That's why you're Arthur Blake. But um, I sit here and I go with this regime, you know, if we're living in a world, and it seems like we're heading that direction, where Julio's not here and and Calvin's not here, and, and you're, we're sitting here, okay, how is this offense going to be effective? Well, it's got to be Kyle Pitts. It's got to be whoever we wind up drafting at wide receiver or whatever the case may be coming and having a Justin Jefferson-like rookie season or something like that. I, I don't know. You tell me how good does that player have to be right off the bat to make up this gap, right? If this offensive line doesn't get fixed, if this defense doesn't get fixed, right, if, if if whoever we draft this year on day two of the draft to be Matt Ryan's heir apparent doesn't work out or next year, if we wind up picking high again and we're drafting a quarterback again and that player doesn't work out, then like we're going to be sitting here in two years from now, guys. And I'm going to sit here and go and like, if this offense isn't back to being at least an above average unit, which they were, um, you know, for most of Matt Ryan's tenure, I don't see how Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot are going to have this long leash at that point in time to continue the team down the path, right? They're going to continue to have, well, Arthur Blank's going to continue to be like, oh, yeah, like these guys got a plan. 
right? And again, I know it sounds doom and gloom when I say all this, but like, I'm, I'm just trying to be real with you guys. I'm, I'm being that analyst that you guys love and hate, I guess, here on the podcast. But like to, to bring it full circle back to, you know, the whole 28 to 3, like, you know, sitting and enduring all the 28 to 3 jokes that we've endured over the last five years has been tough. But like, you know, it's not going to get better if the Falcons don't find themselves, you know, removing themselves from the bottom of the league and, and removing themselves from being a team that's picking in the top 10 every single April for the next three to five years which they could be on the path to be. And and everybody's going to sit here and be like, oh man, what happened to the Falcons? They went, they lost, they blew a 28 to three lead. And then they went into a nosedive and became one of the worst organizations in football for a decade. Right. We've already five years into that guys. Right. I don't, I don't want to be the jets. I don't want to be the giants. The, you know, these teams, these last couple of years that are like, oh, they were considered laughing stocks and poorly run and they can't figure anything out. Right. Look how bad their ownership is. All all these various things. There's just something broken about those organizations. I don't want the Falcons to be there, guys. So right now we're at a point where we're just really far removed from that redemption conversation about winning a Super Bowl. Now it's just like, can we just get back to being a respectable football team that's in the playoff hunt year in and year out? And again, kudos to Arthur Smith with a soft schedule getting this team to playing meaningful games in December. And again, if you're the type of Falcon fan that wants to praise that, then by all means do it. But I'm going to sit here and tell you that like, there's no looking back from that is the point I'm trying to make. It's like, we have to be that team every single year. That's the starting point. That's the bare minimum of acceptable performance that we can get. And so when I look at this team and look at this first year under Arthur Smith, you know, I don't look at a whole lot of things at least the analyst in me doesn't look at a whole lot of things and, and sees things that I'm like, oh, man, that makes me really optimistic about. Like, I, I look at the, you know, Kyle Pitts doing Kyle Pitts things, the 300-plus-yard games, and if that turns into 10-100-plus-yard games in 2022, then, okay, like, that's something worthwhile. That's going to make it where, you know, the analyst in me, you know, sees something, but I got to see it to believe it. Now, the fan in me still remains hopeful, as the fan always does. Um, you know, the, the fan in me hopes that they hit on some of these draft picks. The fan of me hopes that they hit on some free agent signings for once. You know, that's a that would be a welcome change from the previous regime, right? To actually do a good job in free agency. And the the fan of me is is still hopeful that this team gets back to respectability in 2022. But, you know, I just hope we're not having a conversation again next year about them being a historically bad seven and ten team, whether we're looking at DVOA or point differential, that if we're only gonna win seven or eight games this year, which again I don't feel like is a huge stretch to expect and want, right? You know, it seems like a low bar that they should be able to clear, right? Then hopefully there's a legit version of winning seven or eight games this season where, you know, we can look at the DVOA or we can look at the point differential and see a team that, oh, like they actually were a legit seven or eight win team or whatever the case may be. So, you know, I, I would say in Flores 8579, you know, we – we kind of got to get over the Super Bowl, right? Because it feels like right now we got bigger fish to fry. Like, you know, we're doing the Super Bowl. Like that, that, that ship has sailed, right? Like maybe we get there one day. Maybe we get there one day. But that seems many years away. You know, we need to redeem just being a respectable football team at this point. Though. So, you know, I, I again, I know this portrait I've painted today sounds like it's all terrible, but it's just like. Just hopefully they just get it right sooner rather than later because it, this has not been fun. These last five years have not been fun. 
to just see the team just kind of completely go into whatever they're they're in right now. And so I would like to to believe that Arthur Smith and company are going to be the ones to resurrect us and get us out of this, but they got to have a plan. They got to execute that plan. And it remains to be seen if, if they have one and if they are going to execute it. And so again, I'm in wait and see mode. That's the analyst in me. The fan remains hopeful, but the analyst in me is like, I'll believe it when I see it. So we'll just sort of have to see how it goes this next couple of months. And uh, we'll see how, you know, the game on Sunday goes. And we'll we'll talk about it Monday. We'll also be doing Mock Draft Monday, uh, our first one of the offseason. And, you know, every Monday from here on out, we'll be devoted to breaking down somebody's mock draft, whether it's mine, whether it's some other person's, maybe it's some of y'all's submissions or whatever the case may be. And then also, you know, we can do a mailbag Monday as well. Uh, so you guys can submit your questions via Twitter or Facebook at Lockdown Falcons, via email at LockdownFalcons at mail.com, or you can leave a comment here on the Lockdown Falcons YouTube channel. Uh, all great places to get your, you know, questions potentially answered on a future episode of the podcast. We still got one more year in positional review to do this. The all important, the all meaningful, the one that matters the most, that is the special teams unit. We'll probably get to that on Tuesday unless, you know, some other big news happens in the, in the meantime. Um, and then that will sort of wrap up our, our sort of look back at 2021 and we can fully embrace the 2022 offseason. So that's what's in store for you guys next week. Uh, we'll also have some guests on as well. And uh, that will do it, guys. I, I appreciate you for tuning in. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you enjoy the game. I hope you enjoy the mediocre commercials that they give us each and every year. Uh, you can't imagine people paying all that money for middling performances. It's, it's similar like the Falcons, right? <laughs> you know, Matt Ryan is the embodiment of a, a mediocre Super Bowl commercial at this point in time. So hopefully we'll get a couple of good commercials and maybe that's a positive sign that we'll get one more good year out of Matt Ryan uh, moving forward. You know, people paying a lot of money for not that good. So, that's where I'll leave it, guys. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure people will have fun with that on the comments. But um, so, uh, you know, if you're invested in this game, why not make sure that you get all the right bets going by subscribing to the Locked on Bets podcast, where handicapping expert Lee Sterling uh, is giving you the lowdown on all his daily picks, his blowout specials, and, of course, his lock of the day. And I'm sure Lee also has some great props for you. Uh, for this big game this weekend. So guys, that will do it for us. I hope you have a great weekend. Till then.